This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Savvy Business, Life Unscripted, with your host, Christina Rivera, where our guests share their wisdom and valuable business tips, empowering our audience to expand their personal potential. Hi, Dr. Frida Birnbaum. Welcome to Savvy Broadcasting. How are you this evening? I'm wonderful. Thank you so much. I'm here in New Jersey. The weather's great, finally cooling down a little bit, so I'm happy. Are you a New Jerseyite? Are you originally from New Jersey, or...? I was brought up in Cleveland, Ohio. Mm-hmm. I was born in Germany. And I came to New Jersey. When did I come? It's been so long already. Oh, my God. I guess after I met my husband. Yeah. Oh, cool. Well, you know, my, my dad was German. I happened to be dropped in Germany because I came three months early. I was supposed to be born oh. here in New York, in uh, New York soil. Um, and I was so impatient. I came while they were in Germany, so. <laughs> okay, that's interesting. You're exotic, a different country. That's right. Makes well, it more interesting. Yeah. Well, I'm so grateful to have you here today. We're going to talk about an interesting subject that I'm sure our audience have, has heard about, and it's gaslighting. It's a, a term we've heard on the news. Um, some might know what it is or not know what it is, but you're going to get deeper into the subject line. It's not just a lie. It's manipulation. You're going to share why, but you have a vast experience in uh, research psychiatry and uh, many years of uh, helping people with their issues and written several books. And I'm grateful to have you talk on that today. Uh, but what even led you to um, enter into the field of psychology in particular? Uh, that's a good, great question. Uh, actually, I was uh, working in medicine in, med- in a medical uh, uh, facility as a, at that time called respiratory therapy. And I found I had such empathy for the people, the patients. And what really pushed the trigger was 
there was this older woman who had slippers with rubber bands around her feet with, to hold the slippers. <laughs> and in comes her daughter, beautifully dressed in designer clothes. And I was in a rage. I was so upset. I said to the daughter, can you buy your mother some slippers? At that point in time, I saw I was connecting more to the emotional uh, uh, feelings of the people and what they were going through. Uh, and I felt that that had a big, a big deal to do with their stressors and why they were in the hospital to begin with. So um, I quickly got out of there and started pursuing a uh, degree, which wasn't so easy. You know, in the process, I got married, I had kids, I, whatever, all these things in between, but that's the direction I decided to take, and it took me up to the age of 46. Now, I was in my 20s when I saw this. I got my PhD when I was 46. So I was very determined um, to be true to my calling. And it's been something that I've been in this field for a long time, 30-some years. It's never too late. Yeah, and um, it's something, and I feel better. You know, after I, I'm in session, or doing something with you, or somebody that I'm making, I'm doing something, I feel better. You know, if there's a lull, I feel like blah. Yeah. I feel like this is it. It's not enough. You know, I don't know how, I can't fit into that plan of doing errands and going shopping. Yeah, and imagine, so, yeah, you you know, people say, oh, I can't wait to retire. And do what? I mean, I think it'll get pretty old sitting on your balcony, uh, reading a book or going to the beach. After a few days, I think it'll get a little old. <laughs> you know, it's true. And not only that, even traveling, you're watching other people live their lives. So why don't you get a life? I'm not saying you shouldn't enjoy and have fun, but I think we need that balance of back and forth, of having something that we need to be responsible for. And then, you know, Freud said, first you have to work in order to play, because then you appreciate it more. You have that time that you say, oh, now I can. But if you have it all the time, it's it's like when you go to Florida. I remember when my parents used to live and people would just sit around and gossip about everybody. There's nothing else to do. Who's going to sit where? And I'm getting this table and I better get that umbrella. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, <laughs> you know, this is the big deal of the day here. Yeah. So it's not it's not a good thing. It just is not a good thing for women no. and for men. Absolutely yeah. not. To keep yourself active and have purpose. And and what I love about your story here that you found or realized what your greater calling was and you thought it's not too late. Some people be like, oh, yeah, it's 40, it's done with, I can't do it anymore. It's a good thing you didn't say that to yourself. So you kept going forward and that that moment with that one patient propelling you to go, this is where my calling is. And have you heard of a book called uh, Cancer is a Turning Point? Have you read that? No, 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 no. Oh, you, I see the implication, though, because it's a turning point. Yes, when you have trauma in your life, uh -huh. you're so grateful. Finally, you're grateful. Do we do? Are we ever grateful? No, mm -hmm. we have to write it down and make note if we ever do that at all. But when you have that, the pandemic also, then you have to say, you know what? You better get it in. You never know. You better do it because what's the point of living 20 more years? If it's like nothing or two more years and you make that difference. So we're very fortunate that we're here, we're alive, we can contribute in some way and to take advantage of it. And we often just don't. So it's something that people get set in their ways. They have fear factors of being rejected, not doing well, but that's part of 
moving on. Being rejected is doing and, and, and being criticized. I know in my life, the more I've done, the more criticized I've gotten. When I went to school and as someone at the elevator said, uh, what about your children? Like I was a bad mother. Uh, but today, working, having a career is more common than not. So you have to think for yourself. So I always had the stigma, you know, my whole life, 10 years later, I was, I was doing something 10 years earlier, mm -hmm. having children later, whatever it was. But what was my choice? There was mm -hmm. nobody really there to show me. So now when I look at it, I'm telling women the same thing. If you see something that's your calling, don't worry about your husband, your parents, your children, your friends. Forget about it. Because when you look back, you'll have regrets. And the only way is to say, I'm coming through, I'm doing my thing. If you don't approve of it, that's okay too. Because we look way too much for validation. And who cares? And most of the people we're looking to don't even know what they're doing either. They're cool. <laughs> right? We're, we're all on the journey of life. Yes, trying to figure it out ourselves. Well, now gaslighting. Yeah. Let's go to that topic that we're here to discuss today. Because, you know, I just heard about that term recently and I didn't realize it was actually a movie way back when um, that the whole terminology came about. What's your take on it? What exactly is gaslighting and, and how would you describe it to the audience? Well, you're exactly right. There was a movie, by the way, I wasn't going to talk about it, but that you mentioned it. In 1938, uh, there was a movie about a man who tried to steal jewelry from his wife. And so I think it was also a play. And um, he went up to the attic and he went up with his gas lantern. And she shouldn't know about it. And so they called it gaslighting. And from that time on, and you're right, now it's become more of a uh, something that people know about, uh, people use that term. But basically what it is, it's a psychological way of controlling somebody else by making them feel less than. It's done all over the place. People don't even know it's being done to them. Often it's men trying to keep women in their place. Today, maybe it's vice versa. But you have to look out for these signs because what happens after a while, you end up questioning yourself and wondering, hey, wait a minute, is this me? What did I do? Because that person gets you to doubt who you are. And that happens. You have to be very careful about that. That's interesting. If someone's listening in, how would they begin to analyze their life to see, am I being a victim of gaslighting? How would they even know? You know, there's some things to look for. In other words, if the person you're with is very jealous of you and you try to keep that person intact and comfortable, be careful because people think it's a compliment. Oh, that person really cares about me. I'm important. They think I'm all that. No, that person wants you to feel not so great about yourself. And so it's usually a narcissist who wants to be the center of attention. They don't want you to be the center of attention. So they're jealous of your friends. They're jealous of your relatives. And your friends ask, where are you? And your relatives say, why don't you call anymore? So you end up like losing the essence of who you are. And it's very scary because people will say you're acting different. You're looking different. You're not yourself. Those are clues for you to say, hey, there's a red flag here. There's something for me to reconsider what's going on in this relationship because you often get comfortable with the dysfunction because it becomes familiar to you 
And that's when you really get into trouble. Absolutely then. Yeah, yeah, I could totally see that because after a time, uh, the hell begins to feel normal and you don't even question it. Uh, my family actually grew up uh, with my dad being abusive, mostly emotional, but sometimes physically. And while they were, my parents were going through the divorce, which my dad didn't want. So uh, it was kind of difficult going through that moment. But I recall him doing weird things that I thought would be considered gaslighting today, in which case he would, uh, my mom would leave and he would start messing around and fill the coffee pot and whatever. My mom come in and came in and go like, oh, I didn't uh, make coffee. My dad's like, yes, you did. You did must have forgotten. Yep. Yeah, you did that. You wow. left a whole bunch of stuff in that sink too. You didn't clean the dishes. My mom's like, yeah, I did. So he did a lot of that stuff, which I think would fall in the realm of gaslighting. Um, and I remember thinking, well, at the time I didn't know the word or any of the stuff going on. But yeah, I can imagine that over time you begin to doubt yourself and say, maybe I'm all wrong about everything. It's very scary, especially at a time when women were dependent on men. So they knew that the relationship, that the women had nowhere to go. So they took advantage of it. And it's very sad. And it sounds so unlikely today. But really, it wasn't that long ago uh, that that was the case. And, and men had uh, affairs at that time more. They were cheating. They didn't respect uh, the relationships at all, which was something that after a while... Uh, being somebody who wants to please the other person, you think that other person will appreciate it. But that person has an agenda, whether it's a man or a woman. I mean, it's not only men. Women often also, you know, want to charm uh, and, and look great in its superficial relationship to get what they want from a man. So it goes back and forth, you know, at work with your careers anywhere gaslighting means trying to control that other person so it's whether you're respecting that person's needs are you somebody who has uh alcohol issues who has drug issues who's coming into the relationship with a major dysfunction to begin with which shows you're not respecting that person because you're saying i don't really care about what it is that i have to do to please you so it just keeps going on that agenda of you know picking and and going ahead and after a while that person you're with um is really not a partner in your life just a puppet for making you feel good about yourself yeah and and tell me dr frida is it really the uh, the party doing the gaslighting is it that they're you mentioned the word narcissist but is there also sometimes in play a very um a lack of maybe confidence or, or something going on where they don't feel confident so they try to put the other person down? What what could be some of the reasons that one or Absolutely. One yeah, you hit it. You're absolutely right. Most of the time, narcissists or bullies, you have to put other people down so they can feel better about themselves. You know, mm -hmm. if they have to be center stage, if they have to be right all the time, if they have a huge ego, well, that ego can be very easily inflated because they don't think of equality. They're not looking for somebody healthy to also feel good about themselves. That's a healthy person. If you're healthy, you want somebody at the same. If you're not healthy, you want somebody to feel less than you. So you'll seek it out. It reminds me of a story where my husband had a, a male assistant working for him, and he was from Russia, and he was getting married. And my husband said to him, well, our, why don't you just get married here and stay here? It's an easier place to live. 
And he said, no, I don't want my wife to see all these things that she could get. I don't want her to feel that she's so entitled. I want to go back to Russia so she can know her place. You hear this? Mm. To me, I said, oh, my God, how horrible that is. Now, he's never going to tell his wife this, but mm. that poor woman, but she has a head. And, you know, she's not even going to know the difference. She really mm. won't. She'll think that's expected of her. And people often feel that, oh, the more I do, the more I'll be appreciated, the more I'll get back. Well, maybe that's what you were taught when you were at home and a child, you know, be good and people will treat you equally. Doesn't apply. You know, we live in a world that people are dysfunctional. We have to really know to look for these things. Don't expect somebody to be like you. Everybody has their different needs. So in the beginning, you know, the romantic part of the relationship, that's great. But wait till after a year and a half, two years, three years, then you really find out who you're with, you know, the issues, you know, you have to settle down, your financial goals, your your outlook on life, what is your a life plan? And another thing about these people is that they don't have inclusion. They don't include you into their lives. So if you have plans, they won't necessarily make plans. You'll be the one or they'll forget about the plans or they'll tell you that they never had plans. Uh, they don't uh, introduce you to their family or friends. Uh, you're not part of their circle. They're not. You're not really part of their life. Mm -hmm. And it's not that it's going to happen eventually. The sad thing is they don't want it to happen at all. So that's a big picture of gaslighting someone as well. So all these different aspects that come into play creep into a relationship slowly. It doesn't happen all at once because no one would put up with it. But mm -hmm. ev every time you expect something else, something else gets in the way. There's always a reason, whatever that reason is. I'm busy. I don't have time for you. I need you. Uh, I'm jealous that they're complimented by that. That keeps compounding each time. So talking about this, as you had asked me before, is letting people know this word that we didn't hear about before in previous years, that a heads up of what it is to prevent divorce uh, what it means to prevent feeling assaulted emotionally or physically. Because, you know, it wasn't so long ago that emotional abuse was a new word. It used to be physical abuse. And then we said, wait, emotional abuse, you can have deeper scars than that. And what is that like? Well, this is emotional abuse on either side, back and forth. And often these people will deny it. Uh, they'll say it never happened. You're a liar. You're making it up. I don't remember it happening. And that, when you go to that place and you that's at, at the point where you want to work it through with that person and they're telling you this, just run as fast as you can. Yeah. Because if you yeah. can run fast. <laughs> yeah, run the, the opposite direction. Yeah. Right. I, I don't run. try to, yeah, don't think you're going to fix it. You're not going to be able to fix it. And, and not, not only that, as you said, it. they don't want to be fixed. So They don't yeah. want to be fixed. So it's so hard. Do you think, oh, yeah, therapy or I'll tell them and we'll work it through or compromise. Forget it. Mm -hmm. The only thing you can do is leave. And it's very hard because when you're invested in something and you're open to somebody and they know you, they know your quirks, they know your good things, you confide in them about things that other people don't know about. You've given of yourself. When you do that, that's a lot of work mm -hmm. to do, to put that out there. And then to have to leave that 
it's almost as if you're leaving something behind that's part of you. Yeah. And that's very traumatic in itself to do that. That's why it's so difficult to relieve, uh, to leave a relationship that you've been heavily invested in because mm -hmm. you're leaving all the work behind you. The problem is it has to be two people to do that work. So if you're doing all that work mm -hmm. uh, and he's resisting or she's resisting it, you're really not leaving what you think. You're leaving something that's never going to work. You're leaving a problem behind. So gaslighting is a huge message today, especially we're meeting each other. We don't know each other's families. We're online. And so we don't have the history and we don't have the community to let us know who this person is. Uh, we don't know their past relationships. They can tell us whatever they want to tell us. Mm -hmm. So that's the danger zone today. That's why it's more prevalent today uh, than it used to be. When we're online, we just know what they tell us. Exactly. You know, I yeah. like to uh, rock yeah, yeah. climb and bicycle, whatever yeah, that is, exactly. superficial stuff, right? Yeah, I like to rock, walk on the beach and, uh, and during that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, because you're right. In the past, when people recorded over 100 years ago, you had to go through the family. Both families knew each other. And so there was that community you're talking about. So they would say, oh, no, he's, he's bad. He's, he's done awful things or she's done awful things. Yeah. So you would keep people who are not a good match apart or at least warn yeah. people of um, pending doom. Um, but you're so right. I'm so glad that we were able to discuss this today. I'm hoping that open up for anyone listening in who's been having those difficulties instead of trying to push it forward, really ask these hard questions. Is this really working? Yeah. And you mentioned something very important, Dr. Frida, which is, um, are you holding on to an illusion of what you think the relationship is because it might not be what you think it is if the person's not part that, of it or in, in part of it. You're so right. You know, I just want to say to you that uh, we feel that, oh, we can make it work. We can make changes. We'll go ahead and we know what we need to do and that other person will understand us. So women often marry for that reason, to change that person. Mm -hmm. And they're willing to fix it and to work on it. First of all, even if you're not with a narcissist, even if you're not with somebody who wants to do this gaslighting, whatever that is, it's hard work. You know, people come to see me. It takes years of fixing. So why would you want to start something that you have to fix? I mean, if you're already in it and you have children and, you've, and you have too much invested in it, then if you want to fix it. But to start something that's going to put you in a direction of always having to be the therapist and always having to be the social worker and always having to listen to the problem and always having to deal with it, but takes energy away from having fun and having plans and moving on and being together with other people too. Because these things come out when you're with groups of people, your behavior, that you have to always tell that person, don't do this, do this instead. So it really scars all, all the activities in your life. And so I, as a therapist, I'm telling you, because I've had couples and I do have couples coming in, it's a lot of hard work if you really want to go ahead. But why not be healthy first and find somebody that's healthy? Why do you have to work so hard? Anything you have to work hard for to change is exactly that. 
when you're having fun with someone, when you're on the same page, when you have things that the time goes so quickly because you have things to say that you enjoy, why not have that instead? Yeah. What? Who says that working hard makes you a better person? Is virtuous. Yeah. You know, that's what yeah. we've been taught. Yeah, yeah, and absolutely. I mean, I was talking to a gal recently who said, you know, I, I'm staying with this guy just because I can't do one more date. And I think often men or women have this idea that there just isn't anything better. I'm just going to settle. And that's not true. That's your, you know, inside your head, you're making up stories that there's no other man or woman. There always is a wonderful match for you. But you mentioned something else very important, Dr. Frida, and that is working on yourself. How can you be the best possible person mate for someone else if you haven't gotten yourself together? So I think it's great advice yeah. to really work on yourself, learn to love yourself and work through any issues you might have so you can bring the best self to the table for another person. Exactly. So you have to know what healthy is to begin with. So healthy is that you have a game plan for yourself. Where are you going in your life? Uh, what is it that makes you happy? Uh, what do you enjoy doing? What kind of people are you interested in? Because that's what you're going to draw towards you. So you have to know what you want. A lot of people don't know what they want. And then they go ahead and they're disappointed. Well, you pick them. You pick the wrong person. So when you can identify with what it is you want, and then that person has similarities, they say, ah, this is what I need. Oh, this is what we have in common. You know, he likes to uh, go and he likes to hike. I like to hike too. Uh, he enjoys uh, going to musicals. So do I. So when you're connected that way, back and forth, and you keep finding, building on the similarities, then you have something that's worthwhile to work on. But when you keep looking and seeing deficits as it keeps going on, you don't have to feel challenged. There's nobody says that you have to make a relationship work. You have to make the right relationship work. There's a big difference. So your friend, um, it has the wrong attitude. Yeah, yeah, I, I told her that. Don't worry, give it one more shot. But actually, as you stated earlier, really step, take a step back. If that's what you're saying about every date you're going on, that, oh, another date. Maybe it's time to just do some self-reflection and say, okay, what's making me feel that way? And uh, I think once you start working on yourself, you're going to be excited about going out there and meeting wonderful people yeah. that you resonate with. Um, we could go on a lot longer, but I don't want people to leave without finding out how they can get in touch with you, Dr. Frida, and find out more about you. How could they do that? Well, I have a website, uh, Dr. Dr. Frida, F-R-I-E-D-A dot com. Uh, my personal email, Dr. D-O-C-T-O-R, F-R-I-E-D-A dot com. My podcast is the Dr. Frida Show, D-O-C-T-O-R Show. So it went really fast, uh, but I do want to say quickly that in order for you or anybody to be able to have the right person in their lives, remember, happiness attracts happiness. Comfort, comfort and being in a good place attracts that. When I was single many moons ago, when I was the happiest, that's when I was, when I didn't want anybody, that's yes. when I attract. When you are not needy and you have everything you need, mm. you will be the one. It's not finding somebody that makes you happy, but it's being happy that makes you, helps you to find somebody. So remember, it's the reverse of what people think.
It's so true. Thank you. Thank you so much, Dr. Frieda, for coming to share Thank your you. great wisdom today on Savvy Broadcast. It's Thank been you. great having you. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Be well. Like, subscribe, and share this episode. To listen to more savvy episodes and savvy biz tips, go to www.lifeunscriptedradio.com. To find out about our paid sponsorship opportunities or how to become a guest, email Christina at lifeunscriptedradio.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.